0: The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, non-fiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known, and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. All right, welcome into another episode of Story World. Alex, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Always good to talk so, to you, Steve.
0: Sweet, you too, man. You too. In this, in this podcast, this episode, we're going to be talking about setting the mood. I feel like I should have some really swanky music playing around. I'm <laughs> saying brown <laughs> chicken, brown. <laughs> Well, well, look, we are not setting the mood for that—not tonight, anyway. We are—that's another episode. That's another episode all together. So, uh, no, but but we're we're going to talk about the different ways. Uh, This was totally Alex's idea, and I loved it immediately. So I was like, yeah, we're we're totally doing this. Um, Just about how we get in the mood, like for the different things that we're that we're doing—be it work or or exercise or having fun, playing or whatever. So it's going to be exciting, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, uh, of course, you know, it's story world, so um, we're going to be talking a little bit how we get into the mood and uh, before and during our um, our writing or planning or, you know, see so he's working on his uh, whatever he does in, in the IT world that's above my mind. Uh, but then we're also going to kind of cross into the realm of just getting ready for the day maybe or exercising or different things just to kind of give you some insight on prepping the mind, which can be applied across all areas of your life.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it'll. I think it'll be good. So this is going to be. This is this our sixteenth. Is this is this number sixteen? This, this,
1: this is number sixteen. Wow.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. That's, that's crazy. pretty cool. Too uh, so, yeah, bad we only at- have
1: topics for two more weeks. So that might be the end of the podcast after that. Well, I,
0: well, I sure <laughs> hope not. <All> right. Yeah, <laughs> I sure hope not. Um, I was just looking at our at our stats uh, yep. today, and so whatever, which I'm not sure. Which one went live? Was it thirteen or fourteen? I can't remember. Fourteen, that went 14 live. I think. Yep. Was it fourteen? Yeah. Pretty sure. So fourteen went live today. Um, on this very day that we are we're talking, and as as of this point, we have over one hundred and twenty, probably. Around one hundred thirty now downloads on the podcast. That's
1: excellent,
0: which is pretty exciting. It's,
1: uh, right? it's picking up. That's good. And I'm only eighty it of is. those views. So
0: right. I mean, I'm I'm only the other forty. So it's no problem there. um <laughs> No, it's it's. I believe it or not, it's the one podcast that I really can't like go back and listen to multiple times because it's usually too long. So, so long to. Uh, I
1: did for the yeah. first couple, and so actually, yeah, probably only five of those views are for me. I think I listened to the first five or so. Then I just eh,
0: anyway. yeah 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 yeah. i mean i've yeah i've gone back and listened to them but not like multiple times or anything mm-hmm. you know i don't like hearing myself talk that much not right? that so, much
1: i know that there's some people uh, who have listened to a few episodes but definitely a thank you to everyone who's there's a yeah people that i know that i've listened to every single episode and that's awesome yes. it sounds like you guys are enjoying it so really appreciate that a ton
0: yeah Hundred percent. Keep it up, please. Show show your support and uh, and share it with others because I think uh, I think we're doing something really special and cool here. So definitely. Um, so so th- this being that you know what number sixteen. I mean, I guess there's really nothing special. With <laughs> yeah, sweet number six, sixteen, sweet <laughs> sixteen, or whatever. 16, yeah. Um, but we figured we would do something a little fun. You know, we've done some pretty heavy episodes lately, so we do something a little fun. And I think what we're going to do is kind of start out with just like a general update of life, you know, what's going on in life and, um, you know, what what's, what things are happening just to kind of, you know, every now and then we said we'd kind of chime in with some ideas of what's going on. So I think we'll probably start there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and uh, start. So just kind of focusing on. Again, the writing and the video making side of things. So finally, um uh, things at my work, we've kind of gone through a couple different transition periods. So um a lot of that has finally come down. So I've been able to focus again on uh, really getting the writing down and the video game creating. So for my writing, um, i I know exactly how the beginning of the book is going to go. I know exactly how the ending's going to go, and I go, and I know most of the pieces in the middle to connect it all together um the only thing that i have to plan now and it's taking a little longer than i thought but it'll be worthwhile is um how the magic system works and how it's going to affect my other books cuz they're all going to connect in a big way and even though this book that i'm writing is a standalone book you you'll be able to read it on its own and you know have the story begin and end and that's that um it's still what i put in this one will have greater implications for down the road what i want to write so even though something might fit in this book, it might not necessarily make sense or fit into the grand story as a whole. So anytime I make a decision on what I want something to happen to the characters, I have to really think of it in the larger light of things so that it sets up for the future as well. Um, So, but that's going really well. And I know that where I see some things that I need to tie in and I haven't gotten there yet, but it's not frustrating. Cause I know that once I do figure it out, it's going to have one of those click moments and I'm just going to go, aha, that's perfect. And it'll work. Um, so doing that, and then, uh, and then writing slowly, my time is to buy pretty much between eh, like 50 to 75% finishing the outline. Cause I just want to get that done. And then the other 25 to 50% is, um, actually writing. Um, and then for my video game, um, programming is going strong i've kind of put the art to the side just because actually creating the game and seeing and seeing the movements and seeing how the gameplay works is the most important part and so um yeah there's a lot to it there i it might be a larger undertaking than what i had thought with uh the skills that i want the character to have and how everything integrates and i'm still learning the programming as i go um but programming is one of those things too where Fortunately, we'll get into this a little bit. When I start, I get real locked in and I can do quite a bit in a sitting. Um, so um yeah, that's going that's going really well. Um, making the progress there. Sometimes I get kind of defeated because it seems like I'm not working for, but then I realize that, well, the character playing the character is the biggest part of the game and I've gotten a good chunk of that done. And so I guess um I guess that is progress. <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of my update for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool, man. That's, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, you basically have like two, I mean, it's like, you're trying, like you have the full-time job you've got a family and then you've got two like passion projects that are like hobbies, but things that you really want to turn into like real, you know, money-making things one day. And so that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a lot going on. It's you know?
1: exciting. And sometimes it can get overwhelming a bit, just trying to balance out everything. But, um, I think I found a, I think I found a pretty good balance. I, I always want to spend more time. I just wish I did I just wish I could do away with sleep, Steve. Would well, that would just solve all my problems. Oh, give gone. me that give me that extra six hours each day <sighs> and i be good to go.
0: I, don't, I know. I know. I it's like I feel like in my life I, what I'm trying to do every day is strike this balance between being Elon Musk and being like some Hawaiian guy with like who has nothing to do but sit around and play guitar yeah. and eat yummy food all day right like that is yeah. my yeah. that that is sort of the the hard thing for me like i want i I love aspects of both realities and so <laughs> you know how do i how do i live into that so absolutely i i feel you so so for so for me the things that are that are going on it's really like four different four different areas i've got i've got i've got basically two and a half businesses and then I've got ministry uh, that is that is going on. And so um what what I'm doing is of course I've got my marketing business um, and web marketing and web design is primarily what we do and that's I mean that's going strong. Um, you know we've got we've got new new clients coming in. Um, those are slower intentionally um new clients coming in, a lot of rec- you know new projects for uh, for current clients, which is most of what we like to do is go, even deeper with people who were are already working with. Um, so that's good. And and um, yeah, things are healthy and, and alive there. So always excited about that. Um, and then as uh, one of the other things that I like to do with that, um, and this is my half business, you might say, uh-huh. is uh, I, I started getting a lot of requests for uh, mentorship for, for people because I, I have a pretty unique model um, of how I actually sell the services that we offer which is a subscription model so when you when you sign up with me it's like it's like signing up for a subscription instead of like paying for a you know like thousands of dollars for a huge website um you'll still end up paying thousands of dollars but it happens (laughs) over the course of 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 time and uh what that's allowed me to do is build a really stable business and so people would be asking well like could you do this for me uh or or could you help me like what did you do could you give me your, your tips your tricks or your whatever so finally i decided to put together a mentorship program um and and i'm I'm trying very hard not to like make it into its own business entity it doesn't really deserve that level of time or attention yet um and so i'm I'm sort of treating it i mean it's got its own separate web domain and everything subscriptionwebdesign.com but i am trying to keep that um somewhat related as a sort of an offshoot right of the current business um and so there's this so the current business has has really three sorts of angles it's got the web design angle it's got the marketing angle those are both client facing and then it's got the mentorship angle to help teach other people do what we've been able um to do and so that's a it's really exciting i've got three people um who are sort of in that right now and uh, looking, looking to add more, but not that many more. I mean, I would love to start with a basic group of five to 10 for the next few months and see how that goes. So cool. had a great call the other night on that. And um, it, yeah, it was, so it's really fun, really a, a neat thing to get to do. And uh, so if you're if you're out there listening and you want to get into the web design business and you want to find a way to do it without, you know, trying to charge people thousands of dollars, maybe you don't have the confidence to do that, come hit me up subscriptionwebdesign.com and I'll show you how to do it. Um, so that's that. And then the other business, um I think I'm this I think, I think I am going to talk about it publicly for the first time right now.
1: Um, really? I think,
0: to, I think I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to go there. You got um, the green light. Here's why. Um, because as of today, re- the day that we're recording this, we set up. Uh, we got our LLC all squared away. We got the business is exact- actually we got an EIN e- number. We got the only thing we don't have is the bank account. And that's only because the bank was being stupid and wouldn't let us make it yet hmm. um, um, online for some. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. It might have been a tech glitch, but uh, yep. we're gonna try again tomorrow. Um, but everything's ready. Everything's ready to go. We're planning to uh to launch so i don't know exactly when this episode is going to go live probably a couple weeks but but we are planning to launch the first of may so lord willing also, that, was happening. that is exciting because now i'm talking about it yes um so uh anyway the, real quick the business is called tracks.com and um we are uh, doing a bunch of things but the basic idea of it is we're connecting songwriters with recording artists and giving everybody a bunch of options for how to find new music and how to submit their music that they're writing to help make use of their demo tracks that they have laying around and of course if they need a demo for a song they've wrote we can facilitate actually getting that created as well and um it's really exciting we're we're mainly launching in the bluegrass southern and country gospel niches just because that's where me and uh, my partner are um that situated, right? That just happens to be our situation. Uh, but we have a lot of contacts as well, sort of in the um in the country space. And so we think sort of a natural transition from where we are now will be into a more mainstream country, but that's definitely yeah. down the road. So um it's exciting. So that's, that's where crazy. yes, it is. It's it's very exciting. It's a lot going on. It's probably not so crazy, which is exactly why I like <laughs>
1: say it's so crazy. But,
0: I, I I literally right like I, I quit my job and I started this my you know my business and I did all this to to gain freedom and control over my lifestyle which is correct at the same time right I've got this Elon Musk thing going on where it's like I, I need to be you know part of part of me living into that freedom is actually mm-hmm. doing these sorts of things right so um, and then lastly I'll just say Ministry's been great. I'm having some more and more opportunities to get to teach in church and stuff, which is fantastic. The podcast is going well, trying to trying to get that integrated into YouTube a little bit more, as well as this podcast getting into YouTube, um, which is which, which, again, just it's a work in progress, but we're getting there. So yeah, uh, so that's kind of everything that is going on. I'm I'm really excited about it. And um, it's a great time to be alive. So
1: Awesome, good update, Steve. I'm really excited yeah. about your new business there. i really oh, excited man. to see how it goes. Me too. I hope it. I, I hope have, it I up. don't let me down, Steve. Don't let me down.
0: I I will. I will try not to. Fortunately, fortunately, I have some help with this one, which is I'm not used to. Right, I've I've, I've always You're done right. things on my own. This is this is um you know this is new for me. So it's it's going to be good.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, let's yeah. get started then on tonight's episode. Setting the mood. 100%. Um, Steve, why don't you take us away with uh your your daily ritual?
0: Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, so this is a work in progress. I I use what's called the Full Focus Planner from um it used to be Michael Hyatt and Company. He would be a pretty well-known name in sort of productivity, leadership, personal development circles, um especially among Christians because that tends to be uh one of the niches that he is is known for being in. And um his Full Focus Planner sort of takes elements of two courses slash books that have um, been a part of their offering. By the way, they're now called Full Focus. Um, so, so FullFocus.co is the web address. And so the, the company name has changed to sort of focus on a more corporate level structure. But um, the, 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 the two courses are Best Year Ever and free to focus and if you don't have the money to go get the courses go to amazon and buy the books they're both fantastic books and so this planner that i use the 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 full focus planner um, integrates both of those um, you know ways of doing things together and one of the things that they have is daily rituals and so it's the morning ritual workday startup ritual workday shutdown ritual and evening ritual just to help situate your mind on the different things and so I've gone through different versions of these over the years. What it currently does, what it currently looks like for me, is 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 something pretty simple. And um, I'm gonna kind of lay out what it is, and then I'll give you one cool little thing at the end that might surprise you, and then I'll let you take it away. You so, really, don't sleep. Is that the secret? That's exactly right. Yes. I'm a <laughs> robot. Uh, if you tear my skin away, uh, no, uh, German nature, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, mixing analogies there. Yes. So, um, um, fantastic. So my morning ritual is pretty basic at this point, exercise and shower full disclosure. Exercise is a new one on there for me. Um, I was I was really good in the rhythm of exercising in the morning before I moved to this house two or three years ago now and uh, because I had a good space to do it. And once we moved here, I just never really got back into the ritual. And now um, I'm trying to really make some strides towards my weight again, uh, both from the diet and exercise perspective by June. Um, and, of course, beyond, but I'm setting a small goal for myself right now. So trying to get through June for sure, closing my Apple Watch activity rings nice. uh, every day. And staying within a two meal a day, one meal a day, um, keto sort of diet structure. So exercise and shower um, in the morning to get me going pretty much before anything else. Um, My workday startup ritual is dwell and steward. Okay. So, so by dwell, this is my prayer and Bible time. I actually use the dwell app, which is a great um, audio Bible app that also, like, you can scroll, you can swipe over and it'll give you. Um, like the um the verses and and it like it it walks you down like it actually reads them along with you very very helpful tool and of course the whole point is that it helps you to dwell so there's music in the background you can sort of select that you can choose the voice in the bible that makes the most sense for you you can even put it in a repeat mode to help with memorization so fantastic app i pay for it like 40 dollars a year i think um and so that and then a time of prayer that's my dwell um, for steward, I uh, I basically check YNAB, which is my budgeting software that I'm a raving fan of. Um, every morning, and just kind of reconcile things and make sure that everything looks looks nice and tidy and not getting too out of hand. Um, then, so my workday shutdown ritual is to learn and reflect. So, um, I I it, it, so to put those two together because they're, they're kind of the same. Um, I, I mentioned I think on the last time we recorded, I mentioned. The Zettelkasten system of of note taking, so I'm really trying to incorporate that into my daily life. And so the reflect is basically every day I'm keeping a journal entry of just notes and various things throughout the day um, to even help me through my thinking process. And so that's on my reflection. So I need to make sure I'm I'm constantly writing and and sort of tackling things at that meta level throughout the day. And so if I do that, I get to place that check mark. Um, and then for learn, I'm I'm trying to do at least 30 minutes of focused reading a day. And so I'm sort of changing how I read now based on the Zetacost- Zetacostan system. I used to read, uh, I used to do a lot of reading while like driving and just swiping on my Kindle or whatever. And I, while I would still do that for, I think, leisurely and enjoyable reading, for anything that I'm trying to retain, I'm now reading with, with. Honestly, my Kindle app open on one side of my computer screen. I have an ultra-wide monitor. Um, and my, my, my note-taking app on the other side of the computer screen, and I'm reading and taking notes and putting things into my own words while I'm reading and then synthesizing those things into larger ideas to keep in my permanent note system um, like I described last week. So that's my workday shutdown is at the end of the day to kind of help me make that transition into, okay, I'm out of work mindset, I'm now in family mode or whatever, I I go ahead and try to work in some reading and some reflection time in there to kind of put a clean break. They also say that reading helps you lower stress, lower anxiety and all of this. Um, And so I think what a, I mean, what better way to come off of the workday than to sort of have those things go through your mind. Uh, And then the evening ritual right now is bed it is, straight up bad. I wish it was more sophisticated than that. Honestly, it's bad. Um I mean, I fill up my CPAP machine but you know to help me breathe at night, but that's not very fun to talk about. So, um I I go to bed. That's it. So, that's I, my daily ritual. That's a day in the life.
1: I figured out your ultimate purpose now, Steve, of the uh, the note-taking and the podcasting and all that. I finally figured it out. Yeah? That yeah? What is it? You are logging your whole life and who Steve is on on your uh, in the ethernet and in the, uh, the technical world. So that one day when your flesh withers away, they'll just pick up your brain, put it in a computer, you, you know, load up everything that you've downloaded and boom, you just live on forever. Know,
0: you that's know, what that, it's be. that is the secret in all honesty. I mean, obviously and that's not the, the particular thought, uh, but I am fascinated, right. By this idea of building a body of work. That's sort of like like I'm just thinking about, so I lost my dad to cancer, um, technically to pneumonia, but but you know ultimately to cancer. Um, at he was 38, so I'm 32 now. So he was 38 when he died, and I, I for one, that's like whoa, that's unreal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, number two, I did have so like the the concept of a web blog was brand new back in those days when he was going through his cancer. This was late 90s, early 2000s. And so he actually did have some journal entries on this old site that's no that's longer cool. there. But 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 my stepmom had printed them out and sent them mm-hmm. to me and I have them in storage. And so, but how cool would it be to have, like like, like if he'd have just, frankly, if he'd have lasted, it sounds ter- terrible to say, but if he, if he had been around a little longer and kept journaling and kept logging and kept putting his thoughts out, I would have loved to be able to have that catalog oh, like and yeah. stuff, you know? And so I think there's really something to that, actually, of of, of, of giving. It, that's almost a better gift than money or anything else. If you oh, yeah, sort absolutely. of give your coll- uh, your collection of, of your thoughts, of your life to someone else, like, I just think that's the coolest thing. So that yeah, is why I, I do mean, a lot of content production.
1: Unless, like, what your parents were famous or were on a t- on TV or ran a radio program or something in the, as far back as yeah. you can think of, like there, you have no history of, you've had some history with grandparents and some, mm-hmm. grand, some people did detail in journals long ago, but like your great, great grandkids. So you'll never be able to meet most likely are going to be able yep. to watch these and know exactly the kind of person you
0: were. It's, it's very exciting. Exactly. I think it's I think it's so cool. cool. Um I'll give you one quick easter egg and then please move on yes. to yours. Uh, yes. Go. And and so that would be this is I I when I when I worked these things into my daily ritual that I explained in the full focus planner um I had started trying to do this in something separate that I called the um the rule of life so if you look up rule of life it's an ancient basically christian practice that sort of helps you give a standard you know, rule of living to your, mm-hmm. to your day where you do certain practices on a regular basis. And I, I always like to come up with little frameworks and things. So I, I, I started, I, I lined out this framework that if you notice dwell, steward, learn, and reflect, they, the acronym is DSLR. So I called this my rule of life, but I called it my daily snapshot. So like DSLR camera <laughs> snapshot. The problem is as cool as that is, I never really like it just never really, like, took hold for me. Um, I never could remember to go in and, like, duplicate the the template note and, like, keep it all up. Yeah. And so, but now that I'm sort of integrating it into my planner that I've used for three, four, I probably, oh, probably five or six maybe yep. years now. Um, yeah, probably five or six. Wow. Um, like, now it, it's working for me because it was already yeah. doing that. And so I've just kind of structured it better. So,
1: I am. I am horrible with acronyms and to be fair I think it's because there's too many out there. If you were like yeah, there there's remember m- this easy acronym shovel for this management <laughs> technique. <laughs> or remember this one <laughs> like there's there's too many. There's too
0: many. Yeah, I um, I I could agree with that.
1: At some point you're not learning the acronym you're just trying to keep up with the words that represent the acronyms. The only one that I've ever yeah. remembered is pass, pull, Aim squeeze and swipe. And
0: pull or, or... wait. Pull aim squeeze what is that for? <laughs>
1: uh fire extinguisher oh <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one i ever remembered
0: <laughs> I was like, Wow, you're is a weird stuff um <laughs> uh, uh, yeah fire. <laughs> fire. <laughs> all right that's
1: great I'll all right go. For it. It. so yeah um i'm not saying that steve's days don't get hectic because I, I know i know that they do i've seen it firsthand but my days are um a little bit different just because of how my setup is where i do go into an office um five days yep. a week And so, um, there is no daily set schedule that I have of getting up and then I do this, 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 and this, um, it, a lot of it comes down to sometimes I might have closing at work or sometimes like my running schedule one day a week, I have a long run where I run an hour and a half and another day I have one where I run a half hour. And so my days I have to look at, I, what, what I do is I come to a week and I schedule out what my week looks like, and then just, I have to go and take it each day at a time. And so sometimes I might do my devotions when I wake up first thing in the morning, sometimes it's in the middle of the day at work and sometimes it's when I go to bed at night. And so every day is different for me. So really I have to look at my day into different segments and then prep myself based on when those things are gonna happen. So I'll go to the first thing and that is, um, my writing. Um, so, uh, the first thing that I do is the prep work. Um, writing for me, even though I really enjoy it and I finally found, we talked about it an earlier episode, um, pretty good methods now of, um, of writing and not getting burnt out and really, um, that my effectively, uh, effectively and efficiently writing, um, I, it's still the one that I have to prep my mind the most for, um, it just takes the most out of me. So before I write and I try to write typically kind of first thing in the morning and I'm usually i have to take spend 30 to 60 minutes 60 i usually don't have time for 60 minutes it's usually about a half hour where i have to really think about what i'm going to be doing that morning um and that's how i get in the mindset i really have to block everything out and just think if it's outlining that means reading what i've already outlined even if i'm reading it for the 50th time i have to read and put my mind in that mentality and understand where my mindset was yesterday when I was writing that and getting that mindset. Um, same thing with writing. If I'm writing, doesn't matter what scene it is, if it's a transition scene, if it's a dialogue scene, if it's an action sequence, I have to um reread a little bit of it, yes, but it's mostly picturing in my mind and getting in the mentality of this is what's happening. and not just what's happening, but here is specifically what I'm going to be writing over the next hour. If I sit down, um, I feel, bur- and I, and I haven't prepped my mind. I feel burned out within five or 10 minutes because I'm doing the thinking as I'm going and yeah, some of that happens naturally anyway, but I really have to think about exactly what I'll be writing that way when I sit down, I know exactly what I'll be doing. So that prep work is absolutely necessary, um, for me to do that. Um, um, also another thing too, that, um, that really helps is, especially when it comes to character building, um, outlining and really designing the world, not necessarily thinking about the actual writing, but um, picturing what my book is about and all of that comprises it. I have to kind of keep that in my mind throughout the day. Um, Just kind of, you know, whether I'm mowing the lawn, that's actually a good opportunity or driving. Um, Even if I'm not really detailed planning in my head, just kind of thinking about what I've already written. It just generally keeping that in the forefront. So for my writing, I, I can't forget about it. It always kind of has to be there and I have to, I have to sit there and purposely think about, um, what I've written and where I'm at in my book. Um, it's very important to that. If I get out of it just a little bit, it, um, it really messes me up and I have to kind of readjust and realign my thinking for it. So that's kind of how I prep for once I get into the writing now. While I'm writing um, to kind of set the mood, if you will, um, I used to listen to music while I wrote. I realized that I can't do that anymore. Um, I enjoyed music too much and I just I get caught up in the lyrics or even if it's an instrumental thing, um, I just I can't do it. I have to just not listen to music. If for some reason I do, it has to be something random that I'm not familiar with so that I can't, like, get into it. And it just is kind of background noise. But I find myself mostly recently is I focus better when I'm not listening to music. Um, Nothing's going on. There's no background. It's just focusing on my book. Um, So,
0: like, uh, so, okay, that (laughs) this feels really weird for me, I guess, because I'm used to having, like, lots of kids running around um, or whatever. But, like, I can't. Um, I I I guess I just can't imagine pure silence. And it seems to me like if anything was going on, I would just immediately (laughs) like get get distracted or start like thinking about whatever that whatever that thing um was. Do you never I mean like are you able to actually focus with no with nothing drowning out external noise like just in actual silence you can think yeah. and about things that's awesome
1: yeah it's funny because it's um when i get into it about my video game it's complete opposite when i make my video game but yeah for writing um it actually yeah inhibits oh, my writing yeah. when 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 i'm writing if again like i said if i'm listening to music it it when I'm writing, I, I have to focus. I know that even though it's a creative process, I can't be willy nilly with it. I really have to, it's almost like taking like, like a test, um, in school, like, or you know how if people make fun of it, but it's true. Like if you're driving in a city or a place you don't know, you turn down the music on the radio cause you need to focus on where you are. It's just, my senses have to be tuned into <laughs> what I am writing. It has to be like that.
0: Yeah, I love the memes about that online. Like that makes no sense, right? Like lots. We turn on music, but we all do it. I mean, I I definitely do it.
1: Well, I mean, your senses are. You know, if your senses are separated somewhere else, then you know they then they're not aligned. Um. Yeah. yeah, Yeah,
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so the last thing to kind of add to that is I write in like one to two hour segments. I really try to write two hours at a time um, because it takes a little bit to get into a rhythm. But um, sometimes, yeah, I will do. I will do an hour um especially if i'm in the process of still figuring out things because then i I do tend to get burnt out if my mind is just constantly going 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 and grinding through it um but yes um one thing that really helps in my writing is if i don't do it first thing in the morning like very first thing then i kind of have to wait until everything else is done during the day so i have to make sure that all my work is if i get up and do it in the morning then I'm fine. I can focus. But if I try to do it like mid morning and I have other stuff going on, I can't do it because I'm the other stuff is just bombarded me like, oh, you didn't answer this email. Oh, you didn't do that. You didn't do this. And so I either have to do it first thing in the morning or get everything else done in the day and then do
0: it. Interesting.
1: Yeah. That's
0: fascinating.
1: That's how I prep for the writing.
0: Very good. Um, okay. Well, uh since uh my yeah, next up for me is writing as well. So I think Perfect. that
1: makes sense. Let's see how odd you are,
0: Steve. Go ahead and dive into it. Well, probably not probably not that odd. Uh also not that detailed. Now, to be fair, um, again, mostly I'm writing non fiction. Mostly, you know, you're writing fiction. Um, maybe even exclusively those two things, right? So um, so I I don't know what it would take for me if I was doing right if I was trying to write fiction it it does seem to me I think you had you had mentioned something about really having to have it on your mind a lot like throughout the day and like be thinking about yeah. it I think that would be so true for me if I were trying to write fiction like I think I would just have to constantly be dwelling on it in fact I don't I, I'm not sure that I can imagine like. Trying to split up the brain space with everything I have right now, and being a fiction writer. So how are you doing?
1: Why? Um, why? I mean, you probably won't believe this until you try writing fiction. But why do you think that you don't have to keep that on the forefront of your brain with nonfiction?
0: Um, I well, to be honest, I it's not that I don't have to. It's that I think it. I just do. I think it just is. Um, because I, I am, I am constantly in either content production mode, prep for content production mode, or noticing for content production mode. Because I, in general, I I see myself as a producer and not really a consumer, right? Got so I, I sort of pride myself on being someone who almost by default will share ideas because that's how society advances. And so I, I just want to identify as one of those people. So, you know, it's like throughout the week, I'll write down, like I'm going to do a story of the week today. And, you know, you will too. But for me, it's like I actually keep a note full of those. And so I, I can go back and, and pull from that. You know, when I, on Thursday morning, when I wake up to record podcasts, I have a, I have notes with hundreds of ideas in them for the different things that I've collected. And so it's almost like a kid in a candy store. I get to sort of wake up and like, oh, what are we going to talk about, you know, today? So it's just, I think it just is always on my mind. Not necessarily that particular Subject matter, though, because, again, like, I think all of the things are, are, I will say this, though, now that you got me thinking now, Um when I'm actually going to sit down and, like, write my book, um I tend, to, and this is maybe fascinating, I tend to go through spurts, like, phases, and I, I almost... I almost think even though it bucks up against so much of what I've been taught and what I have thought about, I I, I'm starting to become more okay with this that like, I may not work on my, on my books for weeks, maybe even months at a time because there's just so much going on. But then I'll get like, I'll get, I'll go through a phase where I'm like, I'm reading very consistently or maybe I'm reading um, in, in, a similar space to where my book is like like again reading about theology or something like that and it'll just give me the hankering it'll give me the hankering and then i'll have a couple a couple days or maybe a week where i put focused attention on it and then it sort of drifts into the background for a little while and that's and that's okay so i think maybe that's how it works for me is i get inspired by something um that helps me continue some neat um yeah. So, so I guess along those lines, you know, as far as prepping for writing, um, sometimes I will intentionally beforehand read authors who inspire me either based on the kind of content that's being created or, um, or stylistically. And so, uh, one of the best examples of this is Greg Kokel, who I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I love what he talks about. The subject matter is fantastic. And I love the way he writes. And so sometimes I will get a little bit of his writing into my, you know, in, into my brain and into my, you know, I, I will consume that um, before I will take to actually writing on my own. And what's funny about this is that that he actually does this with somebody else. Um, so yeah. there's a guy named Greg Gansel, who is a philosopher at uh, Biola University. At least I think he's at Biola. Um, if he's not, he used to be. But he is a good writer. And what Greg has before mentioned is that he will go read some of his books before he sits down to write. So it's kind of it's being passed on. Funny, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And so there's just a, it's, it stylistically, um, I like to kind of be, um, inspired, uh, yeah. before I, because I want to be, I want to write clearly in, in a particular way. Um, next I will prepare any notes that I, that I have taken. Um, Again, with this new way of of taking notes on on things that I'm reading and, and listening to and engaging with, I am seeing I am I am intentionally starting to see a shift in the way that I go to the writing, and and so I and I'm, to be honest, I'm expecting this to come up even more as I get more into this new way of of of, th- of being intentional about taking notes and 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 capturing ideas based on what I'm learning. Um, I'm it's definitely gonna be going forward more of writing based on what I have written previously in my notes. Um and and, and sort of refining ideas that are already written versus now the way I write is mostly blinking cursor, stream of consciousness, yep. you know, whatever. And that works for me still because I'm I'm typically able to um then either either just based on the learning I have been doing, you know, I'll get into the zone and I can sort of recall things with my memory. Um, but what I don't like about this is that I will often find myself having to look things up um, a lot. Frankly, Google things. And, and it's not just because, oh, I'm trying to like learn it as I go. That's not the point. It's that I have maybe about 30 to f- I'm I'm making it up, but, you know, 30 to 45% of the idea in my mind, and I might need to to do a little bit of research to get the specifics of it down. And so um, in the past, I had never really separated research from writing. I sort of researched while writing, um, whereas now I'm trying to do that differently and sort of separate the research from the writing a little bit. So by the time I come to write, I sort of want to have the ideas thought through already. And then I'm just writing and refining them in the writing process. So definitely a big, a big difference. Um, and then I also wrote down contextualization. And what I mean by that is what you said about, about, like, I'll have to back up. I'll zoom out and read. You know, if I'm working in a chapter, I'll for sure start at the beginning of that chapter and read down to that point to get the logical flow of thought. Um, if it is, like I mentioned, where I'm going weeks or even months in between returning to the book, I'll 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 probably read a couple chapters of what I wrote before I start writing anything new, to really get in the zone on that. Gotcha. Um, contra to the way you do it, I most definitely crank up a movie score or some other sort of inspiring soundtrack. It is usually going to be instrumental, um, because I, I do find it hard to focus mm-hmm. with words of any kind. I know some people who actually do their writing and production while like. Listening to podcasts and listening to like preaching and stuff. Like that. I'm just like, I don't.
1: Yeah, definitely I can't do with it. words like that. Yeah, I can't. I,
0: I cannot do that. I don't know how anybody does that.
1: Now, but, um, with you who actually is a musician, when you're listening to something instrumental, do you find yourself drifting off into that too, and like picturing um just playing playing the music, or not really? Um,
0: um, not, not characteristically. No. Um, sometimes I will find myself like extra enjoying it you know and I, and I and then i'll get curious oh who is this what is this <laughs> you know what is this score yep. from you know or just whatever and so I sometimes i get on. yeah so sometimes i'll get distracted in that way um for sure but most of the time it's not like that um and and yep. what i find like i have apple music and you know you can find playlists that are actually even designed to help you focus um
1: mm interesting yeah
0: there's even a service called um um i forget what it's called um but it's something to do with focus and um the the service it's it's like scientific it's it's actually pretty cool it's like ten dollars a month or something but it's it's music that is scientifically engineered to help you focus for different sorts of moods and activities so Hmm. um anyway so it's 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 kind of neat um and then uh, the last thing for me on writing is that I'll like to use tools and different videos or whatever, just things to find inspiration um as needed. I mentioned before, sometimes I like to do my writing in jasper.ai, which is a AI um writing assistant that sort of helps you, you know, pull ideas from across the the database that is the World Wide Web and and help you generate ideas for which to um uh, write on and and think about or or create content around. Um and the ideas are still, you know, I mean, originally yours ultimately, I mean, unless you just totally plagiarize it or whatever. So yeah. you can definitely use a tool like this to help get the juices flowing. So sometimes I do that and uh and sometimes not. So that's that's that. That's writing for me.
1: Cool. That's interesting. So yeah writing for sure. process. Um yeah. so my next uh my next kind of topic on how I prep for is for um when I work on my video game. And it, yeah, it's weird. It's the, um, it's the exact opposite for my writing for my writing. I have to be, um, I guess serious and focused. Um, I, I just, I have to be, you know, like no nonsense about it, but for my video game. And it doesn't matter if it's on the more creative side for doing the art or if it's more technical and I'm doing the, the programming for it, but I have to be like really like loose with it. Um, and it's, it's so much easier for me to get into, um, working on my video game. Uh, it's more, it's less press work, less prep work and more do work. And so essentially, uh, I don't know. So before, before I work on my video game, no matter what it is, uh, I'll usually, um, it's usually like a YouTube video. I'll watch a video of it. Typically it's a, I, I'm a big fan of metal music. So it'll be like a metal song that I've been really listening to a lot lately and I'll just really get into it and, you know, just let myself go and just get into the mode of it. And then, uh, for some reason, I don't know why this song in particular, but there's a song called dune by bring me the horizon, they're a metal band, And I listen to their live performance and it has an orchestra with it. And it just like, I don't know. It just, it gets me ready and it gets me pumped up and zoned in. And then once that's done, I, I go, okay, I'm ready now. So. I will put on the thing that's important for me is again, e- even if it's programming, that it involves a little bit more thinking. Um, I have to stay loose while I'm making my video games. So that usually involves me putting on a album. It typically a, a, a metal album and I will take the time even in the middle of, uh, my programming to, if a, like a really hard, um, really hard breakdown happens in the middle, I will, I'll go ahead and you know, bang my head to it and take the time and get into it for like 30 seconds and then immediately go back into the programming. I, I can't do that when I write, I would just lose focus. But for some reason, even if I'm programming and I'm, I'm really focusing on the structure of my code, I can do that and take that little break and get right back into it and just feel like really alive for it. So it's, it's a whole different setup from the writing. And I've thought about why that is, I think it's because with the video game, for my writing, even though I can picture the scene and what wants to happen, I there's so much thinking involved with, okay, what are the repercussions if this scene is set up this way for down the road? And it it just involves a lot more detailed planning, not to say that video game doesn't have planning, but in, in for the writing, just the exact words that you want to use to come across a point and thinking about your sentence structure and if that should change for certain areas. But for the video game, I just, I picture what I want the character to do. And even though I'm still learning code and learning the specific language of it, I base, I generally know the process of how to get where I need to go. And so as far as that, like the thinking's done, like I know what I need to do and then it's just a matter of doing it. And so staying like loose and with it really helps me with that. Now, the only exception for that is if I get stuck in my programming and I come across a problem that I just don't know how to fix or solve or what's wrong I have to shut off all the music and I go into kind of like that that writing mode where I have to zone in and focus and get really serious and you know figure out what the problem is but other than that yeah it's it's totally opposite from the writing and um it's worked and I just to kind of add to that um I before especially with my writing I would always kind of listen to how other authors got into the writing mentality and what they would do and how long they would write and you know how they would prep for it. And I I mean, we're also different. And I mean, and even with me, how I'm the same person, no matter what, just two different areas of my life that I'm working on, I prep and get into it totally differently. And so for anyone who, whether it's your work or um your writing or riding a bike or whatever you want to do there's no wrong way to prep for something like your mind functions different totally from someone else's and it's um so yeah just go with whatever whatever works for you
0: yeah that's really good advice right i mean this is like 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 we said at the beginning this is almost more of more of a fun thing like to to get into how to you know just just to, how does somebody else do it right because it's kind of fun to get an eye you know yeah an eye into that versus like this is not like oh you should definitely do it this way um if you can come away from this with just one idea to, to help make your day a little better or at least maybe a little different, then I think we'll have, well, you know, we'll have that in our job.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's it for me on, uh, good. on the video game.
0: Sweet. So so my next one's going to be quick, uh, real quick. Um, it's just uh, my workout sort of routine and, and really nothing too special here. Um, I try to do what's called activation triggers, which just, it's a concept actually I got from Michael Hyatt. Um who invented my planner that I use. And um, the, the the basic idea of it is is that for anything that it might be sort of hard to do to get into the habit of, if you could sort of create an environment where that habit can naturally sort of form, um, then it will be easier to do. So, for example, if, if you have to exercise, you know, if your plan is to exercise in the morning, it would create a lot of friction to have to go like pick out an exercise shirt, pick out an exercise, you know, short, you know, find your find your socks, find your um your shoes, like do all those things. Um, versus if they're all laid out right there on your dresser, you could just wake up, hop up first thing, put on your shoes and your clothes, ready to go. And now that's not an obstacle that's preventing you from getting started and, and causing mental battles. So there are little things like that that you can do that sort of trick your mind into um, you know preparation for things. So anyway, that that's that's an idea um, that I think will help if you if you implement it across different domains of your life. Um, stretches? pretty simple i mean i'm i i right i have a lot of uh, i still have a lot of weight to lose i still have my joints and everything like and so for me if i don't do at least some stretching uh before i start to get into my workout and stuff it i'm, I'm feeling pretty brittle not gonna lie so um that's important and then the the main like meat of my workout routine now is uh is apple fitness plus Plus. And, and frankly they've just helped to do the job of it's almost like another activation trigger in a way because i don't have to Think about, oh, like, I'm going to have to Google a new exercise to do tomorrow. I'm going to have to, you know, oh, do I want to do legs? Do I want to do my treadmill? Do I want to do whatever? You know, I mean, yeah, I have to make the decision at some point because, like, not all the exercises are the same. At the same time, it's all right there in this one system. It's it's a consistent process. And at the end of the day, every workout that you do, like, like, the goal is for that day, to close your rings so there's like one definable goal on the apple watch you know that that you can do for these workouts and um it and and it's sort of like yeah i mean if you get most for most people and that's why it's said the way it is by default but for most people if you get 30 exercise minutes in actual like full exercise minutes in a day that's that's really good and a lot more than what most people are doing you can set the goals you know higher or lower or whatever but that's a that's the kind of the minimum bar around 30 minutes a day of good exercise um will in you know generally speaking can help lead to a very healthy life as long as you're eating right and things like that so i like i like that there's a simple goal with apple fitness plus and i like that um it is a simple and um very tailored experience that just takes all the guesswork out of it and frankly makes it real easy to do so that's my cool. workout routine
1: awesome that's cool steve um the since uh i'll, I'll kind of switch up mine since you talked about exercising i'll go into my running um so uh the main thing is uh, so the, a couple of reasons why i got into running one was for health but th- that wasn't For the health reasons, wasn't motivation enough for me to, to do it. Cause I tried that before I just never got into, Mm -hmm. I just quit. So for me, it's the competition side of it where I want to try to be the best possible runner that I can be. I was always, I would say I was decent in high school. Um, I was never great, but I definitely wasn't bad and I didn't really try too much. I didn't focus on what I ate in high school. So when I started getting into running last summer, I thought, well, um, let's just see actually how good I can be if I actually give it my all. Um, that's hard sometimes I just the eating habits and staying with it consistently. But so that follows a lot of prep work, I guess you can call it prep work just to begin with, with making sure that I'm eating things at the right time, that I'm eating things for the right season of running and each day. Um, I'm not definitely not a genius when it comes to that stuff. I have to rely on learning every single day and week about how to best balance my nutrition, but so that goes into a lot of prep work there but immediately before the run of course is stretching that kind of goes without saying um but for to get in the right mindset i i have to picture myself like on race day or else i don't get that motivation to go again it's not about me getting out there and burning the calories or um, how many steps i take i it really is for me is the more that i run and the more that i stick to this plan then the better i'm going to do in that 5k or that half marathon and so i always have to look for it that way um, during the run, um, again, a little, maybe a little different from some people, but, um, this part might not be different, but the first three miles, um, always just absolutely suck. I, I, I hate it. And some people like, I oh, don't no, like you it's fun driving through it, but I, I hate it. The first, first three miles. I actually like, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is awful. It sucks. And i my body just feels like crap. Once I get over that hump, if it's a longer run or just even a normal run. Um, then I feel great. And I just feel like I can't stop and keep, and I just keep going going, going, but that first part sucks. And how I get over it is by berating myself to, to no end. So I will say like, wow, actually like really do suck at this, don't you? And I will just <laughs> beat myself, up uh, so hard and just make it so that I am like the worst person on earth. And I don't that just helps me get through it. And
0: yeah, yeah. well, let me just come come in on that and say, that's another reason why i like apple fitness plus right because it's it's all guided right i mean you're you're you know you're working with trainers um and it's it and one of the things that helped me is and i know that it's like i know this is true but like like when you're when you're 30 minutes into a 45 minute treadmill workout and you're really starting to feel the burn of constantly cycling up and down of hills and speed pushes and things like that um to hear somebody say it means a lot and that is this um a lot of times, your your body a- is able to do incredible things, even even when you're a, he- a little bit heavier, like I am. You know, right now I'm like 230, 233, three, two thirty four, right now. And for my for my height, I really need to be like one eighty five, one ninety. So I have a little ways to go. Um, but uh, it, my body is fine to do it. It's 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 honestly more yeah. your mind, and so really. So for me, the way that I push through that, because I'm the same way, I, my, my old boss used to say that for him running felt like eating a candy bar. And I thought, well, you probably have other mental problems too. So, um, you know, it's like what, what, for me, it's definitely not that way, but the way that I get through it, yeah, a little bit of, of self, you know, beratement or whatever, like that's probably there too. Um, but, but it's also just a lot of trying to separate mind from body and thinking like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's willpower or whatever, but yeah, it's like, it's like my body can do this. I, so shut up, you know, mind. And then, yeah, usually by the end of the workout, I I could keep going. Um, (laughs) it's feeling really
1: good. So. One thing that helps too, and this is every area of life, but finding like a running buddy or a running group, I don't have a running group just with like my time constraint. I just run outside my house, but like a week or so Mm -hmm. ago I ran with, um, our, um, I guess associate pastors is titled at our church. And we went to the state park next to us and we ran five and a half miles, I think. And it was Saturday yeah. running, which I wasn't used to. And it was one of the easiest runs I've done because we just talked the whole time. It was a slightly lighter run, but we still kind of pushed ourselves, but it was great because I had someone to run with. And so you're just naturally pushing yourself with someone else. But even when I'm not running with someone, um, I have Strava, the running app. And so I um, yeah. see how good like people are are doing all there and it just kind of motivates you to do that i also have a uh a buddy an old friend who lives in boston he just he crushes running he's been doing it his whole life and he just ran the boston marathon did it in under 250 um so he just he's an awesome runner and so that's good motivation there for sure yeah. uh, oh, we should
0: go we should go for a run sometime i didn't really think about that i'm like getting into this like Tread, yeah. Tre- I mean, I've been doing it right on the treadmill, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm we def- definitely
1: need to do it. Absolutely. You'll, you'll just it's go, lot- just go easy on me. <laughs> uh, you go easy on me, Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's just kind of, oh, another thing too with running is, um, I, I can't listen to music when I run either. Um, I think for no way. <laughs> yeah. So, two reasons. One, I've had, I've never been attacked by a dog, but I've had too many. Instances, not several, but just enough instances where like dogs have run at me, and like I, I run mostly at night, whether it's late at night, early in the morning, yeah. and like if I would have been listening to earbuds, even if they weren't noise canceling, like, I might not have heard like the dog approach. So when I yeah. hear a dog barking or running at me, I know to kind of you know start talking nicely to it and back away. Um, but even aside from that, um, I have to like listen. I have to focus on my breathing. In my steps and like, I, I really have to tune into my running and it's the wow. same music. Yeah. So, um, So you that, run
0: in silence as well.
1: Yeah. And wow. I, and I, that's why I typically run at night too. Cause at night there's, especially in my neighborhood, it's really quiet. There's not a lot of noise. So it's just the breathing and just the counting of that's literally all I do is I'm counting my breathing. Um, so at least I heard again, I'm learning all this stuff still, but, um, I breathe depending on how fast I'm going and how much oxygen I need, I, or just the pacing of it. I breathe in every two steps, then out every three, and you want to do odd numbers so that you're, you're balancing the strain on your lungs each time. So if you constantly do even ones that you're putting all your pressure on one side, if that's something I learned a little bit ago. And so I'm counting the breathing in my mind. I'm just, cause I like math and numbers. I'm just constantly calculating like my pace. And if I did this on race day and how much would I have to do this? And so it's. So that's what I do while while I run.
0: Wow, you're serious. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so that's the running.
0: Fantastic. Cool. So, uh, so my next thing um, is fun things. Now, this might sound funny. Um, why do you have to prep for fun things? Um, and, and I want to put fun in quotation marks because it's, well, I don't want to say it's, like, not fun to, like, hang out with my family and stuff. That's certainly not true. But for me, um, work is like eating a candy bar, right? So to use that analogy. Um, I love the things that I get to do. Now, I mean, everybody has normal frustrations with it. And, you know, there's problems. It's not all fine and dandy, but, you know, broad spectrum of things. I love the team that I've built. Um, I love the work that the Lord allows me to do. And um, I think it's a lot of fun. And so when I when when it's time to do other fun things like eat with my family, hang out with my family, you know, be be totally unplugged from work type of things it's actually hard work um for me if, I, if i'm being honest and so a couple things i do to help make it easier number one i pray literally i pray about it. i ask god for help on this like you know lord allow me to focus on these things I, because these are the things that truly matter like the reason i wanted freedom and a lifestyle that i could control is so that i could whatever take a random hour or two long break during the day and do something with the kids or you know, be able to stop working early or you know, just whatever the thing is. Um, so I pray, like, help me, Lord, to have my mind focused on the right things. Um, I'm not very good at this, but I I I do make an effort to put my phone um away, usually like on the charger in another room. Um, I still have my Apple Watch. If anything comes up that is, you know, very, you know, whatever. But um I, I have my all my Apple stuff goes into what's called downtime, which is a setting that you can set. So it, it it limits the things that that uh, it limits certain things that I can access in terms of um, accessing them at all. It gives you the option to bypass it for fifteen minutes or or, or whatever. But then it I do the same again thing for certain apps. Do you really? Yeah, I I find it very helpful. Uh, at the very least, it gives you that awareness. And I found honestly, it's like it's practical. The other day, I found that I was literally. Okay, let's for the sake of the simplicity, let's call that fifteen minute thing snoozing your your downtime. Um, basically, I found myself snoozing the Facebook app, you know, whatever, right? It was like I, I, yeah. I was constantly, you know. So I went ahead and and I once again deleted Facebook from my phone. I've done this mm-hmm. various times, um, deleted it from my phone, and it's been fantastic. Been I check it every now and then on the computer,
1: but um, I encourage everyone. Just a little side note: encourage everyone to. I don't know if it's on by default and all but turn on your screen time and your settings on your iphone and after yep. even just a week but a week or two look at that and see where you're spending your time um mm-hmm. it, the first time i did that it amazed me how much time i was spending on rap yeah and it yep. just and so anyway yep. yeah just a little helpful tidbit you'll be you'll be amazed yeah. at um, what you're spending your time with
0: and part of it, right, and, and and by the way, like, this is this is marketing, right? I mean, like, this is what they, these apps are literally designed mm-hmm. to do this, to keep you in them forever and ever. I mean, that's what they want. They don't want you to leave. Everything about the experience is tailored, billions of dollars of research spent on what is needed to get you to stay in them. And so, honestly, the best way to, to you know, to avoid it is to just get rid of them. I know that's maybe not necessarily practical in today's world. Um but definitely deleting from your phone and, and things, are, you know, um, can can help. And and it's like the other, uh, I think it was just today or yesterday that this happened. I pulled out my phone and I was going to go look at something, and um, not like a particular thing. It was like I need to I need to be doing something, and I found myself like, oh well, my downtime's on for all these other things. I don't even have Facebook on the phone. What is so important that I need to look at? And it was mm-hmm. just a really good self-respective you know like like i don't know it's a good reflection moment to be like why do i have this assumption that i constantly yeah. need some sort of sensory input can't i but, just be can't i just be and so
1: i'll find myself yeah going go the same process i'll be looking at my phone i'm like i know that i need to look at something on my phone but what is, yeah. same what is it same exact thing same exact thing
0: right and so it's like right now i mean i still have like twitter and instagram and i don't those aren't really like sit down and scroll forever things for me um i have two people who i like to see if they posted anything recent on twitter and one person on instagram who i like to see if he's posted anything and um and that's it the only other thing other than like like randomly scrolling blogs or listening to podcasts or whatever is um is is reading it's like the kindle app or 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 whatever and i don't like to to just read books two or three minutes at a time. I don't like to do that. I right. like to sit down with sessions and especially now take notes. And so um yeah, so for me there's less and less reason just to pull out my phone and look at it for whatever reason. So uh, all that to say, prayer, I put my phone away and then um uh, just another big honest part of it for me is willpower. Just straight up willpower of like as a responsible adult as the spiritual leader of my family. I need to be focused on giving my kids and my family the attention that they deserve. I don't have forever with them. And so I must, um, I, I must deal with the reality of life. And part of dealing with the reality of life is just sucking it up, being a man, frankly, and saying, my kids are more important than scrolling Facebook. Um, and I, it's, what can I say? It's hard. I mean, right, we are, millennials uh, are not, digital natives but we're dang close we're dang close to being digital natives and and so what that basically means is that we've grown up where digital sensory input was the norm for us growing up and um um you know it's even worse for gen gen x gen z not gen x gen z and um going forward because Again, like they don't even know what MapQuest is, right? There was, think about this. They grew up in a world. They have no idea what it's like to live in a world without Google Maps.
1: So many without
0: like, guided directions, crazy. you know? And so it's even harder for them because this is, this is such a, such a big part of their world. And so we don't want to lose that. We want to deal with the realities of the world we live in while still realizing that some things are not, something should not just be things of the past. They were actually good for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's important to keep those things alive, so that's 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 where we're at. So fun things. It, it takes work to do fun things. I have to set the mood. So I pray, put my phone away, and just exercise some serious yeah, willpower,
1: man. For a fun, for a fun uh, category, that that have was some serious topics there, Steve.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's you know I think a lot of other people would resonate with that. That, yeah, that You absolutely. know, they're so focused on their work. So
1: yeah, no, I, yeah, definitely, I agree with you. Um, my final category is I. This will be really quick. Is my real work, which is my day job that provides money for uh, me and my family. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that is, um, it, it's very straightforward. I just, I grind it. Um, mm. kind of like Steve, um, I might have a snack during the day, weekends, a little bit different, but I try to stick to eating one meal a day, usually right when I get home, cause I'm usually starving at that point. So, um, I just, I typically don't take a lunch break. I don't take a lunch break. I just work through lunch. And so Each day is different depending on what's going on at work, but like today was kind of my last day getting a lot of stuff done through some transitional stages at my work. And so today I put in almost 10 straight hours and just, just no break, just, just grind right through it. So that's what I do. The second I get into work now, sometimes I'll, I usually will listen to music or I'll put on a podcast. Um, so when I work, I can usually focus on those things and do a pretty good job. But yeah, for me, it's like, I don't want a lollygag yeah, every once in a while I'll I'll go around and talk to a couple of coworkers, um, just about whatever, but that's like maybe 15 minutes worth total during the day. It really doesn't add up to, to anything I get in there. Unfortunately, my office is in a good location where I'm in the back away from everyone I can focus and yeah, I just, I just go, it doesn't matter how much I have to get done. I, I get it done all in one sitting. Sometimes it's five hours, sometimes it's 10 hours like today. And sometimes things will come up and it adds more, but yeah, it's, um, that's just how I do it. And I, I do the same thing with like chores at the house. Like Saturday, I usually have a goal of just kind of tidying up the house. And then one big thing I want to get done that just needs to get done and yeah. do that in one sitting too, and just knock it out. Um, so that's kind of on stuff that I don't really, well, I enjoy my job, but stuff that I, is work and I don't really like, get am super excited about, I just, yeah. I just get to it. And I am like, all right, we're gonna start now and I'm not gonna stop until it's all done because that's just how it is. Yeah
0: yeah that's that's really fascinating I mean for me when I was doing the the you know you know kind of clock in clock out full time job um I was same way I was able to do a lot of like listening to podcasts i mean i i got a straight up college level education yeah. um, <laughs> honestly listening to audiobooks and podcasts yeah. um while I was working and um I, I'm not gonna lie it my actual work suffered um because of that which i, I sort of I mean, I don't really have any regrets necessarily. Um, I just, you know, as somebody who, like, works with other people now, I don't employ people, but I have contractors. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't want them working half focused on the job, half not. So I I kind of, you know, I kind of see things from a little different angle in that regard. Um, So anyway, I I just, but the work that I was doing was mostly, it was mostly mindless, but I could have been more mindful about it and, and progressed in the career. I just didn't, I just I just didn't have any interest in it. I yeah. just, gotcha. I just didn't like it at all. I, I didn't want to continue um, doing that. So I focused my energy on how could I get out, and that's. I mean, that's what I did, and it worked, and I'm thankful for it. Um, so now, the only caveat, the only big problem with this, is now my work involves a lot of of thinking. It involves a lot of, um, frankly, pressure. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I have, I have, I have. We'll try not to be too specific here, but. I have one one client right now that pays me. <laughs> uh, I think I, th- I think I can say this without being too specific. I have one client right now that pays me fifteen hundred more dollars per month than my employer paid me before. One client, yeah. and and so that's difficult for me because I have to. I really want to do a fantastic job for this client, just like I want to do a fantastic job for all of my clients but now it all comes down on on me like the buck stops with me there's nobody yep. else to blame i can't send them to the i can't send yep. them to my boss you know my boss is god right and so and they you know that while while most of the people i work for are you know say worldview is me or whatever they're kind of like well you're the one i'm looking at so you're the responsible party <laughs> and um so it's it's just it is a lot more pressure a lot more thinking and so i do have to now come up with like times to do Like intentional learning, listening to podcasts and things like that. I can't really do that while I work now because I can't think very clearly when I'm listening to other people's thoughts. And um, so much of my work right now is thought uh, work, which leads me to my first point here, which is that I usually listen to instrumental music, usually movie scores. Um, Sometimes I'll do modern hymns um like sovereign grace music is one of my favorites and i'll i'll listen or like city of light people like that i'll listen to them um it's calming for me um obviously you know worldview wise and everything it's nice to hear songs about jesus uh and so it keeps my mind at ease and reminds me that through the pressure the stress the anxiety those things that come with that it kind of keeps it all in perspective um I do journal. I keep the I keep the the notes uh, for for my journal handy uh, all throughout the day. Write down important things to help me think through ideas. Um, to save important things for later to follow up on and just kind of help keep it all connected. So, uh, some people like to call that having a second brain. Um, if that's how you want to put it, that's that's fine. I kind of see it that way. Um, it's you know it's kind of my, my brain on the screen, and um, I I can kind of keep it organized sometimes a little better than my my actual brain. I think. Um, so that's that's helpful Uh, one thing that i'll do along the lines of the the downtime idea that we talked about a minute ago is i will manage my notifications depending on activity so for example zoom and other apps that i use like um i have an app that turns my iphone into a camera which is what you're it, it turns into a webcam um Obviously, it has a camera, but, but this, this actually connects to my computer, turns it into a webcam. And so this is what you're seeing me on right now. And I have it set so that when that app opens, all of my devices go into um, Apple's focus mode uh, that I, I created one called Meeting slash Deep Work. And so it it makes it to where it silences all my notifications except for the ones from like my wife, basically. Um and it and saves them right there for later. I can actually really easily go in and see the notifications that came in while focus was on. But it doesn't interrupt me with those. So I have that. I try to automate. This is a point I didn't even write down. But this leads to that point naturally of I try to automate as much as possible in my life because it's kind of like those activation triggers. Um, it's like Alexa. We we use, she's probably going to hear me now. Um, I'll say Lexi. Uh, I'll up. We use We use Lexi um, all, all throughout the house, probably not a good idea from the censorship and, you know, China, whatever standpoint, but from the standpoint of just, um, of making life easier. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can say often one word and it will set the entire house the way that it needs to be with, with lights and, you know, whatever, and different things. Um, and so I tried to eliminate and streamline life and work as much as possible, um, by, by doing those things. Um, and then kind of the last point here about what I do while working is that I will manually enter those sort of focus mode sessions if the work is very task oriented. So I I definitely want to be able to unplug from the stream of notifications. If the work that I'm going to be doing could easily be interrupted by that. Um, and it's just the nature of the work that I'm doing right now is such that it's a lot of communication. Um, type of work be it with contractors or with clients and i just it's so easy to get interrupted by those things so i have my basically my notifications even for email and stuff it's kind of off by default anyway um but I, but for text messages and everything i'll go ahead and silence those things so that i can get work done um and not be interrupted by those and it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to get into the rhythm of. I'm still not perfect at it. But some things just deserve to wait. Not everything needs your immediate answer or your immediate input or your immediate feedback. And the more that we develop work cultures that allow us to work that way, asynchronous, you know, most of the time respond when the time is available and not have this assumption of an immediate response. These are all things that help us to get more work done in yeah. the same amount of time and uh, anything like that's very important to me especially when you're working from home with all these distractions uh, my office used to be in the middle of the living room with four kids and three dogs running around and um, right so now I've, I've commandeered my my daughter's uh, you know bedroom she doesn't use it anyway she's you know two so um, it's now my office and that one thing um, helped so yeah I mean just little little things that, that we really try to do to streamline things and and Provide an environment with as much focus as possible because that's the kind of mindset I need to be in when I'm when I'm working. So that's what work looks like for me.
1: Awesome, that's cool, Steve. Um, yeah. If you sure. ever give the office space back to your daughter, um, I'll be busy that weekend because I won't feel like helping you move all that. Oh, uh, no, that's role. good to know. So yeah, that yeah, way.
0: that's good to know. I, uh, it, it's yeah, I, I and I don't know what will happen it yeah when that it when and if that becomes the reality i don't know where i will go i don't know if i'll move to the second to the other area of the basement where the kids school is now <laughs> you know maybe we can send them to school by that point i don't know so we'll see what happens with that i'm interested i
1: just i just watched a uh, seinfeld episode where um i forget the specific setup but essentially jury becomes friends with oh uh yeah it's um it's a keith and uh, keith anderson uh base mlb baseball player i forget i forget his name but um, he ends up like, uh, um, getting, uh, um, hangs out with him and starts talking with him. And then, uh, he asks uh, Keith Hernandez, that's his name. And then he asks, uh, he asks Jerry to help him move. And Jerry's like, Man, I don't know if we're at that point in our relationship yet. If, uh, he should be asking me to move his stuff, that's a very significant step for the male bond.
0: <laughs> I could see that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. That's cool.
1: Steve, this was a really fun episode. I think Yeah, um, and
0: I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a little bit more
1: casual, relaxing. So uh sometimes it's good every once in a yeah. while to take a break from the serious topics. Um uh, a
0: li- little more about our stories, uh, instead of yeah. just us story in general. So.
1: And it's and it's always fun to talk talk to each other just about our lives and everything. Now sure. so uh to wrap this episode up, let's move on to our story of the week.
0: Boom, boom. I feel like we need a little audio thing to insert right there for our story well, of the week. Well, um, yeah, right. We'll just yeah make it up every time. Um, I've talked for a while. Uh, would you like to go first?
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, yes, yeah, so my story of the week, it was really interesting. So I've kind of limited the amount of time that I listen to long form podcasts just because of, of just timing and prioritizing what I listen to. But I came across one that I listened to and I'm still not quite done it, but I'm at the end. Um, are you familiar with Lex Friedman, his podcast? Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, so he just had a guy on in the last I think few weeks. Um, his name is Brett Johnson. Um, and it's probably um the most it's is just an awesome life story that this guy has. So his name is Brett Johnson. The title of the episode on his podcast is u s. Most Wanted Cyber Criminal. Brett Johnson was a u s. most wanted cyber criminal called the original internet Godfather by u s. Secret Service for building the first organized cyber crime community called Shadow Crew, which was the precursor to today's dark net and dark net markets. Um Wow. And this guy, what really is great about it is, um, you know, people might think of you know, cyber tech people as kind of geeky or, you know, kind of, you know, live in your mom's basement. but this guy, Present, let just, you know, we talk a lot about marketing yourself. Um, this guy, um, it just presents himself so well. Um, and he actually, um, I think it was in high school, he said, I don't know how this works. And he didn't go into detail about it. I'm curious, but he said when he was in high school, I guess I was in the seventies, maybe early eighties, he got, um, he received in the state of Kentucky, I think it was Kentucky, the, um, the best, um, actor award for like, um, like theater in his high school. And I don't know how, but the best actress award as well. So I don't know how that works, but he received both of them in the same year. So I'm not sure how that works, but he, um, but yeah, he likes theater and stuff, but he just really conversational. So anyway, just how he presents himself makes his story all the better. And he talks about his childhood, how right from the, the get go, just in the, the household he was with and how his mom was, he got into crime right away and how he was making ripping people off and making millions of dollars and just um and wow and how we got out of that and setting up the whole cybercrime thing and what was really fascinating about it is not just his like specific stuff but he would i had to pause and like rewind a couple areas so i could focus but he goes into detail on how like early credit card um fraud worked where i didn't know this but you could actually back then i don't think you do it now but back then in the early thousands you could actually um make fraudulent credit cards, not stolen but fraudulent ones, just whole claw and have them work, um, which is just incredible. And so um, one of the more interesting podcasts that I have heard in a long time. So yeah, um, the Lux Friedman podcast is on Spotify and YouTube, and it's the uh, episode on Fred Johnson, episode number two, seven, two. It was fantastic.
0: Sweet, sweet. I'll check that out for sure. Um, yeah, so, so mine, uh, and i'm 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 gonna stay out of the political end of it, but but mine is about this this recent thing that happened where um the and it hasn't passed yet. I don't well, I don't it might have. Um, it might actually have passed both the um Senate and the House. but um, as of today, there was at least a bill that was sort of going through uh, in the process of going through in Florida that would strip Disney of some special privileges and things that, that it has And again i'm going to say out of the politics of it i just thought the story itself was interesting because a lot of people don't know um that disney in florida since 1967 has actually been able to operate somewhat independently from the government in other words they were actually given the jurisdiction um as like a, as like their own county and it's called the reedy, reedy creek improvement district and the I think it's the Reedy Creek Tax Act or Improvement Act. I can't remember um, that um, that that was given to them. And and right, I mean, the idea was that Florida at the time it's actually interesting. Like so, so the the land was perfect for Disney to move there. Um, the area was 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 perfect. It was you know pretty easily accessible for a good number of people in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. And so they wanted to come to Florida. But Florida's infrastructure at the time, their governmental infrastructure, could not support mm. what Disney needed. And so they were given special um, special uh, governmental, in a sense, privileges, uh, special tax um, exemptions, and self-governance um, uh, abilities that uh, set them apart. And those have been active since 1967. And they allowed... Uh, Walt Disney World to become the Walt Disney World that it is today. I mean, part of that definitely made it possible for them to see, again, special breaks and not have to pay out extra monies and things, but also the, the taxpayers of Florida wouldn't wouldn't shoulder a lot of those burdens because Disney was allowed to take care of all of that privately. And, um, like I said, trying to stay out of the politics, but basically to put it lightly, um, Disney pissed off the governor of Florida, and he said, We're not going to take it anymore. And rather than just let things keep going how they were and playing defense, he decided to play offense probably for once in the Republican, uh, you know, whatever card. Usually they don't play offense. And um, he decided he was going to play offense. And he said, we see what you're doing. We don't like it. And so we're taking this away from you. So it is expected, if it hasn't passed, it's expected to pass. And he's already said that he would sign it into law that basically strips Disney of these special privileges that they, that they have. And um, it's actually, believe it or not, um, it's, it's for me, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, Why? Well, you know, worldview level. I you know, broadly speaking, I'm sure I don't agree with everything, but I you know, I broadly agree with 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 uh, Ron DeSantis and and a lot of the decisions that he's made over the past few years. You know, broadly in worldview agreement with him. At the same time, I'm a freaking huge Disney fan, and like I, <laughs> I, I was nerdy enough to know about the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Before this, like I'm telling the story because I'm, I'm just assuming that most people don't actually know this, but I knew this. Um And it's a it's a cool part, I think, of Disney history and I'm all about industry. And I mean, I, am you know, the whole visionary thing like Walt. I mean, I think it's the I think it's just a really cool thing. I, I'm a Walt fan. I'm an Elon fan. I'm a I'm a Steve Jobs fan. You know, I, I'm into that kind of thing. And so I think it was a really cool point in in the development of Disney and in their history that they had this. And so in that sense, I'm sad to actually see it uh, see it go just because it's an important part of Disney history and, and how how Walt Disney World, a place that helped form a lot of my childhood memories, et cetera, was built. It's been interesting to see reactions to this. I mean, you've got some people saying things like, oh, F- Florida's going to pull – you look at this, they're going to pull their – or Disney's going to pull their operations out of Florida. I mean, okay, I'm not going to pretend to know everything, and I could always be proven wrong, but give me a break um if you know anything about how invested disney is in florida it would be i think a literal impossible task to uproot their florida operations and say and say we're we're leaving like you, you anyone who says this i don't think is possibly aware of how invested in florida disney is um it, i don't think it's i don't think it's possible for them to shut down florida operations and survive um or or move, and I don't. Frankly, I don't think Desantis is an idiot, so I don't think that he would do this, knowing that it was going to cost Disney to pull out. Because I, I, I just financially, it's not even that big of an impact in terms of being worth it for them to pull out. So, just some interesting stuff that's going on. You know, it's fascinating to me.
1: Does this mean that uh, Florida will have a little bit more ownership, even like over like the roads and stuff, like going like yes, to, so yes, yeah, I've, so. Anyone traveling to Disney over the next couple of years, just be aware that the road conditions might be a little bit worse. Uh, yes, that's going true.
0: And and again, I am not like a big gut, like I'm not big on like knowing how all this stuff works. <laughs> and so it is my, I think it's, I think it's true that now a lot of the tax burden and things will fall onto the people of Florida in, in, in at least some respect that mm-hmm. it didn't before. And so like, they're going to have to figure out how to actually care for the roads and yeah. for things like that. Now, maybe it'll create jobs. You know, I, again, I'm not sure how, how all those things are going to shake out. Cause I haven't looked into it enough. I just thought the story itself was kind of, was kind of yeah. interesting. Interesting. The sort of big yeah. moment in Disney history. That's kind of like, you know, being undone. So anyway,
1: definitely. Well, yeah. Steve, this has been a, a great podcast good. episode. Yeah, it man. Good. I'll look forward to the good. next one.
0: Setting the mood. Yes, sir. All right. Um, well, God bless you guys. So appreciate the downloads and appreciate the listens. Again, over 120. Ah, it's so exciting. Um, let's keep it up. Tell your friends. Share. Take a screenshot of the podcast and let other people know about it. Share it on your social media and stuff. And uh, But don't overuse that social media. Uh, no. but, uh, but share it. Share it out there. And I think it's going to be fun. So um, as we continue into the future. All right. So God bless you guys. Take care. Yeah. Alex, see you later, man.
1: See ya.